0: From BLC Studios in Mankato, Minnesota,
1: this is the Maverick Hockey Live Podcast, presented by Duncan, with your host, Shane Frederick.
0: This is the Maverick Hockey Live Podcast, presented by Duncan. My name is Shane Frederick, I'm the host, and today joining me is Minnesota State sophomore defenseman Akito Hirose. How are you doing today?
1: Good. Thanks for having me on.
0: Absolutely. Welcome. Um, A little bit about Akito real quick. Uh, He is um, a Calgary native, correct? Yep. And uh, he's got 16 points through uh, last weekend's games, uh, through Hockey Day, um, which uh, incidentally was 28 games into a season, which is how many you played as a freshman, and you're one point ahead of your, uh, your freshman year uh, pace. (laughs) And, uh, as a freshman, you were WCHA rookie of the year, third team, uh, all WCHA had an excellent, uh, first season of college hockey in the weird COVID year played in front of zero fans, 25 fans, 250 fans, whatever it might've been, but certainly a special year as you guys got to the frozen four. So, um, you know, What's the transition been like going from your freshman year to your sophomore year? Seems like you're off to a, another pretty good start. It, it seems like it might be a little quieter just because I, it, it, it seems like you have seven defensemen who can play, you know, just all night, every night. And uh, there's not a lot of difference between any of you, it seems sometimes.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd say we have nine defensemen that can play. It just depends who's, who's going, who's having a good week of practice. But the transition from first year to second year, I'd say really, I mean, coming from junior, it wasn't too bad either to transition. I thought the pace was a little bit quicker, but other than that, I'd say just I feel a little more comfortable around the rink with what's going on. Like knowing what practice is going to be like, what the schedule is going to be like, travel, stuff like that. So it's basically just comfort, getting used to things, which is... uh, Really helped my game a lot, I'd say. And when you came in as a freshman, I mean, I think there was, I, I
0: don't know how much pressure was on you, and you can you can speak on that, but certainly there was a, a lot of uh, uh, hype in terms of both you and Jake Livingstone coming in as two very high-scoring defensemen from the BCHL, um, you know, who get, get inserted into the, uh, the lineup right away, having to replace some pretty good players who had uh, left from the year before. And really both fit right in, um, right away. And that seems to continue a little bit this year. What, was there a lot of pressure as a freshman, you know, knowing that uh, you came in with, uh, you know, you had a lot of points in your pocket from, uh, from the BC days?
1: Um, I don't know. We kind of, I feel like, I don't know what Hasty told him, but I know he told me before I even came in that there's going to be an opportunity to play. We're going to throw you right in the deep end, and which he did. But it's kind of nice with COVID. We got a uh, three months before our first game, so we'll kind of like get up to pace in practice. Because I'd say practice, our practices at least are as hard, if not harder, than the games. I find at least. But pressure wise, I'd say, not really. <laughs> to be honest,
0: no, kind of not when you're thrown into a power play right away or anything like that. And well,
1: I I actually found it a little bit easier because I mean you're passing to guys like Nathan Smith and Julian Napravnik, I mean. It's not, you don't really have to do much to be honest. Like you put it in the real house. It's going to the back of the net.
0: Keep it in the zone, get it to Julian or get it to Nathan, right?
1: Yeah. That's the game plan. That's basically, that's our power play right there.
0: It's worked pretty well so far, right?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Or, or Cade Borchert will tip one in. And sure. Run. Sure. Steal my goals for me. <laughs> that's why you only have two. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, technically one, I, I believe he actually tipped the one in uh, St. Thomas. Oh, is that right? So he'll probably get credit for Has that, that gotten? That hasn't
0: gotten changed yet? No, that? not yet. We'll
1: see what happens, though. We'll see what happens.
0: <laughs> at some point, it just becomes prideful. You don't need the goals, right? Just more assists. Just keep racking them up, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess it makes the guys like me more, maybe. <laughs> at least Jules. I know I give him a couple on that right side there, so I know he's a big fan of me, at least.
0: And he's going to hold on to the puck for a while, too, after you give it to him, right? So that kind of almost guarantees... That, that at least you'll get that second assist if he's going to finally dish it
1: yeah and if he passed to me then i'll just pass it over to smitty and smitty will score
0: <laughs> it's a simple game plan uh you know if uh if anybody's listening that just just try to stop it right everybody knows what's coming but uh it's just a matter of trying to stop it
1: yeah well we'll see if someone can <laughs>
0: um you know last year you mentioned you know just you know getting getting used to things with with the covid year and i've asked a lot of guys like uh, about that this this year and um you know playing in front of the crowds playing in front of the mankato crowds uh, i don't know if you when you took a visit here uh previously you know what the crowd was like and then you're playing in front of an empty building and then you finally get to play uh in in front of a big crowd you know what was that like uh you know Uh, right away at the beginning of the season to kind of get that real sense of college hockey that you might not have gotten quite the same last
1: year (laughs) it was absolutely unbelievable uh coming from salmon arm i think we had about max 1500 fans probably and then last year we kind of trickled more and more people in as the season went on but starting we started the year in uh umass which was i don't know what the attendance was but that place was buzzing yeah like like I've never seen before. So that really gave me a good experience of what college hockey is actually supposed to be like. And then coming back to Mankato and experiencing our building, our fans, how we actually do any, do stuff was incredible. The, like the electricity that the fans bring to the building is so big for us and our energy on the bench and just throughout the game. So it was absolutely unbelievable to be a part of this.
0: I think about that Minnesota Duluth game, um, between Christmas and new year's where, uh, Students came back to town, and I'm sure you guys gave them a reason to come back. New Year's Eve was the next night; people had a reason to stick around town. But a lot of times, those games uh, over the holidays, it, it's kind of quiet. It's kind of just that downtime, and um, even if you're playing a good opponent, that uh, you know, you just people have a hard time, uh, you know, just finding ways. You know, families leave for youth hockey tournaments. Families go on vacation. People go uh, out of town for the holidays everyone came back home to Mankato, it seemed, or came back to Mankato for if they were students and filled up that building for what ended up being a a, a great hockey game for you guys. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm sure the St. Cloud series w- was similar, but that Minnesota Duluth game, you know, what was that like just to kind of get that atmosphere at that time of the year uh, when you just normally don't see that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was great energy in the building, obviously against a great opponent, but I think I haven't, I can't recall any time at any point during this year where the crowd wasn't there. No matter who we've been playing, good, bad, whatever their record is, the fans always show up and they always show out.
0: Well, I'm going to have to ask you, speaking of crowds, about Hockey Day Minnesota, um, which uh, was an unbelievable atmosphere, unbelievable um, event uh, that was put on and and pulled off by uh, the, the folks around here. What was it like to play in that game, um, being on the outdoor rink? Um, you know, we had David Cilia on last week, and you know he was kind of the hero, getting the hat trick. Um, Canadian guy, you're a Canadian guy. Um, you hear from the Minnesotans about uh, Hockey Day Minnesota and that sort of thing. But you know, what was your impression of of that event of playing in it and playing in those conditions?
1: I mean, it was incredible. <clears throat> Obviously, the Minnesotans, it's a bigger deal for them, but for us Canadians, I. Or at least me specifically, I've grown up playing on the outdoor rink my whole life. There's probably three or four within five minutes of my house back home. So to actually play in a real game and actually take a real hit, maybe block a <laughs> shot in the freezing cold is uh, it's an experience for sure. But yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable job putting that on. You know, how did you
0: manage the snow? I mean, we, you know, we talked earlier about, you know, playing that defensive role. I mean, you, you got to kind of find pucks. You guys block a lot of shots uh, you got to protect uh, your goaltender Dryden McKay and probably even more Just because I know the goaltender seemed to whether it was because of the wind or the snow or the snow on the ice where the puck disappeared They're they're fighting it trying to find it. You guys are doing the same thing, right? hmm
1: Yeah, <clears throat> the snow definitely played a big factor out there. I mean there's one time I think it was is it was Jake Livingstone on the power play got a pass went for the one-timer and I remember talking to him after the game. He said he thought he scored, and then someone from the bench was like, it's behind you, it's behind (laughs) you. Turns around, look, the puck's in the corner. So Snow (laughs) definitely played a big factor. It's more kind of just whacking the puck around out there, but great time. And, you know, everyone
0: worries that that's going to be kind of that uh, equalizing factor between two teams. And, um, you know, at one point it's a 2-1 game, and and they ring one off the post. It could have been 2-2, and... Uh, then it's then it's game on no matter who your opponent is, right? So even if it's first place against uh, eighth place in the CCHA, that, that, that can make it a little tough. Where do you think that game kind of turned in your favor?
1: Um, I mean, <clears throat> both teams are playing in the same conditions, so yeah, I mean.
0: So you still hope your advantages are the same, just a yeah. little bit different?
1: Yeah, <laughs> everybody's going through the same stuff. At the end of the day, we're, just everyone feels like a kid out there playing on the outdoor rink and just having fun. That's what it's all about.
0: Yeah, that's great and it's it, it it's so weird how to to f- find ways for uh players to you got to take it seriously there's three points on the line there's uh you know you gotta f- find a way to win that game but also try to have fun in a, in a way that's kind of brings you back to like you said your childhood skating out outdoors and 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 trying to balance those two things uh, you guys were able to do it pretty well it seemed
1: yeah no I mean, in warm-up, I don't think there was one time where I wasn't smiling, laughing, chuckling, skating around. I mean, <clears throat> the snow started coming down, but at, at that point, it didn't matter. I was having too much fun.
0: You guys gave a lot of shout-outs and stick taps to the, the ice crew, uh, the high school kids who were out there skating and getting that thing shoveled off, and certainly by the third period, the snow was really piled up pretty high for them to get it off the rink.
1: Yeah, I mean, they had to, they had to come out at least four or five times period just kind of you're sitting there you're cold and it's like come on let's go but then at the end it's like well they're freezing cold too so it's you know what good job good on you <laughs> um
0: you know uh we were talking before we started recording um uh, that uh Uh, Your brother is uh, Taro Hirose, um, professional player in the Red Wings organization right now, has played some, uh, has been called up for a a few games here and there. Very good player at Michigan State, the other MSU in college hockey. Um, And uh, I believe he was, was he Big Ten Player of the Year, his uh, final year college hockey, I I believe. So so, um, is that, you know, talk about your relationship with him in terms of, uh, you know, do you compare yourself to him college hockey wise? Uh, you know, do you grow up playing together. What was that like?
1: Yeah, he's probably my biggest role model in, in when it comes to hockey. I mean, I switched, I started playing D about four years ago. Okay. Four or five years ago. It was my second year of junior. But before that, I played forward my whole life. So I kind of emulated my game after him, learned a lot from him. We never played on the same team competitively, I guess. But every time we were skated together in the summer it it was pretty obvious that we had some pretty good chemistry so i mean if there comes an opportunity where i could potentially play with him that'd be great but i think the dynamic of our relationship would be more playing against each other and competing against each other sure
0: were you able to watch many of his games uh in in, as as a college player you probably had games going on at the same time a lot
1: yeah we went down there a couple times it was good to see the campus because i was still in in junior hockey and it's still Debating on where I was going to go play college, so it was cool to kind of see Michigan State and their whole campus. And then we actually got to go to New York to watch his first uh, NHL game at MSG. So that was that was an un- unreal experience.
0: Oh, that's uh that that would be very cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that place that place is something else. MSG is is a great place to play.
0: That's the mecca, right? It's the sports. If anybody who plays a a sport, that's where they want to play somehow. I know there'd been. A, I think there was a. Uh, a college hockey game there a couple of years ago, I think was it North Dakota maybe was involved and yeah, that would have been, yeah, it'd, it'd probably be a good thing for you guys to, to get in on.
1: Yeah. Great <laughs> experience. Great experience.
0: Um, so tell me a little bit about how you ended up at Minnesota state. Uh, you know, so your, your brother went to Michigan state. Um, you, you probably, uh, you're following in his footsteps in terms of being a college player a little bit. Uh, what, you know, when you're being recruited, what, what what turned things to, uh, toward uh, coming to Mankato?
1: Um, well, the trainer I had in Salmon Arm used to, it was Brett Knowles, and he put, he was a former Mankato alumni, sure. so he kind of put I believe it was Darren Blue onto me. Okay, and then a couple months later, Todd Knott came out, watched. We I started talking to them. They flew me down, saw the place, saw the campus, the rink. I knew a lot about the culture here, and they just kept winning every year, kept checking the rankings, number one, number two, number three. They're in the top five every year. So I believe the winning culture was probably the biggest thing, just the whole culture. And, the I mean, the coaching staff, you can't stay, say enough about the coaching staff. Mike Hastings, obviously, one of the greatest college hockey coaches. And then you look at just the team they already had here, <coughs> especially with Dryden McKay. I mean, as a D-man, I feel like a lot of D-men – have a have a special relationship with their goalie mm-hmm. and it, just watching that guy i mean <laughs> i'm speechless like i can't even put my thoughts together talking about that guy but yeah that was probably the biggest factor is the culture
0: it's interesting and and you know you and like you said you you you'd seen a big 10 campus you'd seen other uh, places i'm sure in in the recruiting process um and uh it, it's interesting as a person who covered this program for 20 years to see how it kind of where it's put itself as a program uh and a lot of credit to Mike Hastings for what he's done and and putting it there where um where it's become that kind of factor where everyone kind of knows you know about the Mavericks now
1: yeah no definitely a team on the rise and I mean I guess right now we're at the top I'd say but um not a lot of teams talk to me actually now that you bring it up okay so I was kind of a little bit of dime in the rough I'd say and they kind of just saw something in me and
0: the rest is history <laughs> the rest is history was your brother a, a drafted player no no okay so he came out he was a free agent uh, out of college and which is a big factor too i mean that's something that uh you know minnesota state has produced uh, a lot of those type of players too they come in a little older obviously like 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 yourself and uh, come in and, and and make a name for themselves and um Everyone in town, you know, worries and hopes everyone sticks around mm-hmm. <laughs> as long as possible.
1: Yeah, another thing was I saw the the great D that have came out of Mankato. You start with Dan, Daniel Brickley, I mean, before his time, Casey Nelson, and then most recently Connor Mackey, mm-hmm. and hopefully up next Jack McNeely, my <laughs> D partner, my guy. But yeah, just the development on the defensive side of the puck and just the overall. Game development system that they do with their defensemen was a big factor as well how, how do you feel like you've
0: developed in 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 that time and under in that system?
1: Well, I I think I always had because <clears throat> playing forward my whole life. I've always had the Offensive instincts. I think it was more the defensive side mm-hmm. the defensive positioning, which I think uh hasty has done a great job just <clears throat> Teaching me about my stick teaching me about where my body position needs to be and that's that's just made a big change in my game
0: and you know, and I, I think you're starting your, your offensive skills are starting to rub off on your D partner a little bit with what Jack's done the last few games, uh, you know, making making some plays, uh, you know, a couple deeks the other night, uh, yep, yep. <laughs> with a little dish off to, to, to Nathan Smith for that goal and, uh, get another goal at, on hockey day. I mean, uh, or on that weekend. And, um, yeah and and being I think he was defensive player of the week uh, yeah. after the hockey day weekend so
1: Yeah I think he's always had it. And I actually think that's his first uh defenseman of the week award so that's good on him.
0: Well, you know, he's just one of those uh you know they always say you know uh the defensemen they they only get the awards when they score a lot of points it seems. Yeah. <laughs> so it's probably unfair since that's uh, not exactly uh what the position is titled but you know yeah uh, Jack's been patient for now uh, you know four and a half years.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think he gets enough credit for how good he is.
0: Yeah, I think I, I called him earlier this year. Uh, this, there was a question on Twitter about who the most underrated players on uh, on each team were of the of the people who covered different teams. and I, I mentioned Jack McNeely. I just think that you know for a fifth year guy to come back and and be kind of just that steady, steady guy in the back and and just a you know a good guy who I think the the team seems to respect a lot too
1: yeah great leader as well
0: you can learn a lot from him so when he's when he's uh gone after you know being here as many <laughs> as long as he has unless he's got eligibility left somehow
1: you never know right you never know <laughs> no but he's been my uh he's been uh playing with him for two years now it's been like he's been my rock kind of stable guy back there and just playing with a guy for more than one year you get to know build some chemistry you know where he's gonna be stuff like that
0: yeah that's uh that's pretty fun. You 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 know, and you gotta be careful now. He's gonna end up with more goals than you.
1: Uh, I hope not. <laughs> we'll see. No, I told him I told him I'm transitioning my game and start being a goal scorer now. So watch out for that.
0: Yeah, because he's not shooting the puck looking for tips quite like you are and or hoping something gets through, right? So
1: Yeah, no, I, I guess I just gotta start passing passing to him more. Actually <laughs> after his his uh one against Ferris State where he went end to end there and mm-hmm. fed it back door to Smitty comes back to the bench. He, he's a humble guy. So he's trying to be all humble, not crack a smile, nothing. And then finally he looks at me and he goes, finally, you give me a hinge pass. <laughs> so I'm, I'm thinking, head, I'm trying not to laugh. I'm like, all right, I'm start giving this guy some passes. Let's see what he's going to do.
0: <laughs> oh, that's pretty great. Pretty great. Good, uh, good guy. And uh, it, it's cool to see, you know, how, how much uh, the players seem to just respect each other and, 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 uh, work together with with that chemistry. Uh, it's just something I've noticed. You know, doing even doing this podcast week after week and listening to guys talk about other players on the team to talk about Dryden McKay and uh, just uh, a, a lot of a uh, respect there up and down the, uh, your lineup.
1: Yeah, up and down the lineup. <clears throat> I think there's no no one guy on the team that I could say something bad about. I think we're a great great team. We mesh well together. Great relationships on and off the ice. So, I mean, we're a real tight knit group.
0: Sounds good. Well, hey, um, I really appreciate you joining us. Before we go, I have to mention, um, I know you guys are a, a, a strong team, but I got to uh, mention that uh, you have two Hobie Baker candidates uh, and there's a fan vote going on right now. So Nathan Smith and Dryden McKay are both on the Hobie watch list. So if you uh, anyone wants to go vote, you can go to msumavericks.com slash Hobie, H-O-B-E-Y. And uh, check that out and uh, give them a, a little bit of a fan vote. It's a small percentage, but uh, we'll gets people excited. <laughs> and um, you can also, uh, I don't know how long this is going on, but uh, if it's continuing, msumavericks.com slash jerseys, you can um, go to the auction for the jerseys that the players wore on Hockey Day, which were outstanding.
1: Yeah, unbelievable.
0: So, yeah. Um, you know, look for that number two, Akito Hirose, and uh, <laughs> put your bid in. Thanks so much for joining again. Um, appreciate you jo- coming on. This has been the Maverick Hockey Live podcast, presented by Duncan. He's Akito Hirose. I'm Shane Frederick. We'll see you next time.